My entitled landlord allows my roommate to use my room without my permission. So I got his business shut down and the roommate kicked out. Here's what happened. I am an Indian immigrant in Canada. I stayed in this house with seven to eight other fellow Indian women. Right off the bat, I was subjected to the hostility from four women. These women were from the ages of 19 to 25, but they acted like teenagers. They wanted everyone in the house to worship them, praise them, and that we should all bend over backwards just for them. And if someone doesn't do things their way, well, get ready to feel their wrath. That's what happened to me and a few other tenants at this house. I noticed that these bratty Karen women deliberately were avoiding a few of the tenants in their conversations, talking badly about them behind their backs, while also criticizing other tenants' chores around the house, while not doing a good job with their own chores themselves. After a snow day, we all took turns shoveling the snow from the front porch and driveway. These entitled women chose the easiest part of the snow to shovel away, leaving the part with a black eye for the rest of us to deal with. Since most of us didn't have a clue about snow shoveling, we did it slowly and intentionally, but with great difficulty. In contrast, these mean women just stood by on the porch and scoffed at us as we would crack at the ice from the driveway. They would make snide remarks saying that they were better than us and that we were lazy. Ever since then, I stopped talking to these people, and whenever I saw them, I intentionally ignored them. All of this happened in the span of a month. During this period, I became close to a group of people in the house. Incidentally, the mean women hated a person from that group, and because of that, I found myself on their hit list. This is something I found out later. They used to call the landlord to complain about other tenants, including myself, almost every day. Some of their complaints were laughable and annoying. For example, I was having breakfast when I got a call from work. In a hurry, I put the plate in the sink and ran to my room to take an urgent call. While I was at the online meeting, I got a text message from the tenant's social media, which included the landlord. It was from one of the mean women. She sent a picture of of my plate in the sink to the entire group, stating that some of the tenants were not following the hygiene rules in the house. I texted the group that it was my plate and I didn't have time to wash the plate because I had to take an urgent call from work. I was about to wash the plate after the meeting. She texted back that it's the duty of every tenant to clean up after their meals. No excuses. So I sent back pictures of the table and dining room, as well as the stove, which had specks of dirt and all kinds of grime all over it. And guess what? These pictures had timestamps on it. I texted that the table's been like that for days and everybody knew in the house who made the mess on the stove. And that was one of the mean women. I ended up having to be the one to clean up the table after three days of waiting. This mean woman had no problem with it except when someone left a plate in the sink for no less than an hour. Later when the landlord came to the house, they made a complaint against me that I was leaving dishes in the sink apparently all the time. Their immature tactics wore down almost everyone in the house and eventually nobody spoke to them. Somehow they blamed a couple of my friends and me for for all of this, which is just ridiculous. They tried to pick a fight with me, but each time I didn't give them a chance by shutting my door in their face. When that happened, they'd storm into my friend's room and scream at them instead. One fight was a few days ago before my party, and I was going to hold it in my study room. I thought of inviting them just to end the animosity between us, but they crossed a line, and I decided not to invite them. I think this triggered them more, because I heard one of the mean women screaming that she hated me, as well as a few other tenants during an argument with another tenant. But I didn't care. I also saw a used mask placed perfectly over my kettle in the kitchen. I knew it was one of the mean women because as soon as I entered the kitchen, they hurried into their rooms from the living room giggling like idiots. I didn't confront them because I didn't have a piece of solid evidence. I just kind of let it go. The last straw was when I left Canada for my wedding in India. I left the room under the care of my friend who was staying next door because my room didn't have a key to lock. The day after I reached India, I got a call from my friend. She told me one of the mean women is using my 
room. When confronted, the mead woman said she had permission from the landlord. I knew the landlord had a bit of favoritism towards the mead women, so I took to the social media group stating that no one can enter my room without my consent, even if the landlord allows them to do it. The landlord replied that his word is final and if I have a problem, I can leave the house. I was so shocked and completely enraged. I was about to tear up. I replied that I am vacating my room by the end of the month. And this was the start of a beautiful chain reaction. As soon as I revealed I was leaving, the mean women cheered. My friends called me to console me and offer their support. Knowing the bias of the landlord, the tenants minus the mean women decided to look into other accommodations. Some of the tenants sent screenshots of the conversation between the landlord and myself in a group chat to their families in India. Parents, siblings, and spouses of the tenants called and texted the landlord to let him know their disappointment and their doubts about the safety of their loved ones in the house, especially now that the landlord said he has the authority to let anyone stay in the house without the permission of the tenants. The landlord is also Indian and personally knew some of these families. All the while, the mean women were gloating in front of my friends. I was still in India during that time. I told my friends to pack my things. They found another accommodation and said that they will take my things to the house with them before I go back to Canada. The landlord knew that this would affect his business now that the news was slowly spreading around the area. He also got wind of the information that more than half of the tenants were moving out the next month due to this issue. So a few days after the incident, he came to the house to announce the closure of his business and that the remaining tenants have a month to clear out of the house. He wanted to shift his business to another part of the province. This news didn't bother the tenants who already decided to move out, but it was certainly a shock to the mean women. They couldn't get another cheaper accommodation with a family landlord, like this one in one of the most expensive cities in Canada. I would have given anything to see their shocked faces when the landlord kicked them out, a reward to their entitlement. My friends joked I became the legend who single-handedly shut down a man's business and forced a few women to move out of their accommodation within the first couple months in Canada. I was sad and angry, but I am glad it happened that way. And now, I don't have to go through these women's garbage comments and snide remarks ever again. What a beautiful story of karma, redemption, and absolute vengeance. This lady is my hero. She didn't take any of the garbage these women were throwing her way. She stuck it right back at him and eventually got this guy's business shut down entirely. Which is good too, because this guy was such a jerk. These mean women were just treating her like garbage. It's already hard enough you have to go to a foreign country, probably just to work, and you're away from your family in your home country, and then you have roommates who just treat you so badly. I feel so bad for this lady, but you know what? It worked out in the end. And she didn't go about this alone. She had friends to back her up and help her make this move. This was such a satisfying story, and I'm so happy that she came out on top and that she was able to get away from her abusive landlord and her toxic former roommates good for her. My maid of honor and best man ruined my wedding. This happened nearly 30 years ago, but it's just another instance of these supposed friends of ours always having things their way. I'm still a bit salty about when I look at our wedding photos, which I did over the weekend. We got married in the middle of summer in an outdoor wedding setting. We got married on the dock of a beautiful lake at sunset. Knowing it was going to be hotter than hell still, when shopping for dresses with my maid of honor and two bridesmaids, we opted for dresses that were very lightweight cotton, very similar to a t-shirt dress with a flare skirt. Mine was white with pink flowers, my maid of honor was blue with pink flowers, and the bridesmaids were pink with blue flowers. I paid for them along with jewelry and hair accessories, as well as our matching bouquets. I only asked for them to pay for the white sandals, which they got for cheap at a discount store. I also requested that their hair was up and that they had light makeup on. For my husband and his best man and groomsmen, again, knowing how hot it would be, my husband
husband wore a plain white t-shirt. They wore pale blue ones, cargo jean shorts, and white canvas sneakers. We paid for the shirts and shoes. They all had the shorts already, and as long as they weren't stained or had holes in them, I didn't really care. By the way, the maid of honor and the best man were married, as were our bridesmaids and groomsmen. The maid of honor and the best man were the couple that introduced us. One bridesmaid was my best friend, her husband being a groomsman. The other groomsman was my husband's best friend, besides his best man, and his wife was also one of the bridesmaids. So all of our friends were playing a part in this wedding. The maid of honor did say that she didn't think our choice of clothing was really wedding appropriate, but everyone else was really happy with it. We had been together for over 10 years, we had three children, and we just decided to make it legal finally and throw a party. We were to meet an hour before the wedding for some pictures. My maid of honor and best man were 30 minutes late. My jaw hit the floor when they got out of their car. I saw the best man first. He's wearing a dress shirt and a tie with khakis. The maid of honor gets out of her car and she's wearing what I can only describe as a dress my grandma would wear for Easter Sunday to church. Her hair is curled and sprayed to the heavens, still rocking the 80s hair in the early 90s. Heavy makeup that looked like it was going to slide off her face already. At that moment, I didn't want them a part of my bridal party. Everyone else convinced me it was okay. They stood out like sore thumbs, not only with the wedding party, but with the guests as well. I didn't speak to them for a year, but our mutual friend convinced me to start talking to them again. There had been several incidents that caused me to cut contact for six months to a year with these people. They finally pushed me too far, or rather she did, about five years ago, and I cut them off for good. They realized I was serious about four years ago when they showed up at our house and I called the police to have them removed. My husband still hangs around occasionally with the best man, but overall, those people are out of my life. Good job for cutting those people out. I can honestly say that if someone did that at my wedding, I would go bananas. There's no way I would let that slide. I tell them to get lost and go home. I wouldn't want them there. That wedding can absolutely go on without a maid of honor and without a best man. Easily. I'm personally very shocked that the bride and groom even decided to allow them to come to their wedding dressed in such a way. Like, sure, there's a dress code and it might be a little bit weird, but at the end of the day, that's the bride and groom's dress code. That's how they wanted you to look. So when you roll up trying to outclass them and make yourself stand out at a wedding that is not about you, that is bad form. That is honestly absolutely unacceptable. The original poster goes on to say that they wish they had cut them out sooner because it would have solved a lot of problems for them later on with drama and a lot of headaches. And from the sounds of it, I totally agree. If they're willing to upstage you and outclass you at your wedding just to look better than the way you're dressing at a super casual wedding, then it seems like there's no limits to what they would or wouldn't do. So honestly, good call in getting rid of them and hopefully things got better for you with your actual friends. My wife just told me that she had a brief affair four years ago. My wife Kara and I have been married for almost eight years. A couple of years into our marriage, we decided we wanted kids and started trying for that. After not conceiving for over a year, we had ourselves checked out and I found out that I am sterile. This came as a massive blow because we've always wanted children. It was a dark time for me. I was very miserable and threw myself at my work. I drank a lot and wasn't at home very much. I wasn't a good husband or a partner to Kara. This went on for about six months. Kara tried to help for months, but after some time, she just stopped. I eventually managed to get out of that slump. Kara and I spent a lot of time working on our relationship after that, and I thought we came out stronger. We had a lot of discussions and decided to adopt children. We adopted two kids. I thought we had a good marriage. Recently, one of Kara's closest friends died in an accident. Kara has been acting very strangely since then, but I chalked it up to grief and have tried to help her. Yesterday, we sent our kids to my parents for the weekend. After dinner, Kara told me about her affair. She said that when I was in my miserable phase, 
case, she was miserable too. She was devastated that we couldn't have children and started talking to a female co-worker about it because I wasn't available. As I started withdrawing, Kara started relying on her more and more. A few weeks in, Kara started spending more time with her. Then one weekend came around where they both had one too many and they spent some personal time together, if you know what I mean. This went on for two months until Kara decided to break it off. Kara had proof that the affair only lasted under three months. She saved all of the messages from when it started all the way up until when it ended. Kara showed them to me and her co-worker begged her to leave me in those messages. Kara stopped contact with that co-worker and even left that job at that time to break it off completely. Kara told me that she rethought her life when her close friend had passed away and didn't want to hide it from me anymore. I'm feeling completely devastated right now. She lied to me for four years. We adopted children together. I haven't been able to function all day. I told her that I needed to think and that I didn't want to talk to her. I've been in the guest bedroom all day and I can't think straight. What should I do now? This is a really rough one because the wife hid another relationship behind this guy's back and is only now explaining this to him four years later. All of this while raising two kids that they adopted together. That's a serious lifetime commitment. I will say the positive side of this is that clearly the wife is loyal to her husband, but this is at the expense of lying to her husband. But I can't imagine how devastated this guy feels knowing that his wife cheated on him. I mean, sure, he was unavailable and he was very depressed because he couldn't have kids, but that is no reason to try and go around and sleep with somebody else. I think a really big silver lining that he can hopefully hold on to is the fact that his wife chose him. She decided to stick with him and to do everything she could to salvage her relationship. And I'm really happy that her friend passing away was the motivation she needed to fess up and to confess what she did. But it definitely doesn't take away the hurt that this man's probably feeling. But at the end of the day, he needs to make a very serious decision about whether he wants to stay with his wife or not, which is kind of what he's insinuating at the moment. But what would you do if you were in this situation? Leave a comment down below. We would love to hear it. My ex-boyfriend from over 15 years ago messaged me and wants to meet up again, and I don't know what to do about it. I have been on dating apps for a while now. I'm a 35-year-old female and have had a few long-term relationships. I've been single for a year and a half, which is the longest since I was 15 years old. Last week, my ex liked me on a dating app. We were together when I was 18 and he was 24. He was my first proper boyfriend and we were together for two years. I was head over heels in love with him at the time. You know, the usual first love stuff. The age difference was the biggest issue at the time. We were both in different places in our life. There were some trust issues on his side at the time, but apparently he has worked through them over the years and they're not an issue now. I was a very naive 18-year-old, sheltered and inexperienced. It was doomed to fail when we were younger. It's now been 15 years. I know I'm not the same person I was back then, so I think it's safe to assume he isn't either. We're both in the same place in our lives, looking for the same thing. He's the only ex I would ever consider going back to. My track record with men hasn't been great, to be honest. I liked him back about a day later, and within 30 seconds, he had sent me a message. After a few hours of catching up, he suggested we meet up for a drink and catch up properly, and so I agreed. I'm very anxious about it. I know that no matter what happens, we'll probably have a fun night together. We get along great. We always have. I'm just afraid I'm going to fall into something that will be based on whether or not it's familiar to me and the fact that both of us might be feeling a little lonely. How will I know if it's a good idea to revisit the idea of a relationship with my ex? He is a really good guy and he has his life together. I have so many feelings resurfacing. I'm afraid this is clouding my ability to know if this is a good idea. I've spoken to my family and people I trust about it and the main response has been, well, he's a good guy. What's the harm in catching up with him and seeing where it goes? And to be honest, that says something. They would never say that about any of the 
other relationships I've been in. I guess I'm just trying to figure out if I'm overthinking this. Is it a bad idea to meet him? In reality, I'm really excited to see him again. After my experiences in the last 15 years, the cautious side of me is trying to manage expectations. What should I do? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The first thing to remember is that it's been 15 years. You have both literally grown up. In my opinion, it's not fair to judge someone based off of who they were when they were a teenager or early 20s. A lot of maturing can happen, even in just a year. And you said it yourself, this guy has his life together. Maybe when you were younger, the timing just wasn't right. And the timing very well could be right here. You don't know unless you try. I honestly don't see very many issues here. You're both very different people now. I say just go for it and see what happens. Just go into it thinking that you're going to be catching up with a friend you knew a long time ago. Hopefully that will help shake off the jitters and you can just go about this as if you're trying to catch up with a friend. But honestly, I think it's going to go just fine and you got nothing to worry about. An entitled couple gets mad at my coworker for not being able to speak their language. This happened a while ago. One afternoon, two tall, stern-looking blonde people wearing matching blue tracksuits came up to the deli sandwich counter and started speaking a European language to my coworker, pointing at the turbo oven and holding up a container of cold chicken wings to her. They attempted to give my co-worker the container, but she declined. She tried to explain to them that we do not heat up prepackaged chicken wings, and the couple were getting visibly upset. They became louder and got really frustrated with her. She tried to offer to use Google Translate to try and translate what they were saying, but they declined. And just for some background, we live in Hawaii. As far as knowing foreign languages, European languages aren't really known that well here. It is on the opposite end of the world, after all. I wasn't close enough to hear them fully, so I didn't know which language they were speaking. My coworker started to try using hand gestures, and these two people were really getting angry, talking to her in their language, getting much louder and much angrier. At this point, they're obviously berating her in their language, but she can't understand at all what they're saying. I think to myself, oh no, when I see their body language and the way they're moving their hands. I was helping a customer for a bit a ways down, looking over at the odd debacle that's happening near the sandwich bar with my coworker. After about five minutes of yelling and gesturing wildly, they gave up, turned around, and stormed off. My coworker tells me about the encounter, and after I finish helping my customer, I see them looking around the store, blue tracksuits and stern faces and all. To me, the interaction was pretty funny because they were doing the exact same thing I know some American tourists would do if they were abroad. If you do go abroad, it helps to learn a few words of the local language so you can kind of communicate. If you're Japanese coming to Hawaii and you stay in the tourist areas, you most likely won't have an issue, but most non-Asian languages, other than 
than English are virtually obsolete in Hawaii, so it would likely help for their own sake to know a few words of English, or at the very least, use some kind of translation app in a part of the world where they don't understand your language. I want to laugh at this situation, but I know of people who act like this when they go to foreign countries and they themselves are American and they speak English. They act as if the person they're talking to is not intelligent, as if they don't know what they're doing, and that the fact that they don't speak their language is somehow a reflection of how smart they are, which is just absolutely ridiculous. That's not the case. It's literally just a difference of language. But on that same thought, the way they were acting as being described in this story is completely inappropriate. In my opinion, if you're going to another country that has a foreign language that you don't know, that you don't speak, you better be on your best behavior. Be kind, be nice, be patient, all the things you learn in grade school. Because those people you're screaming at because they don't understand your language and vice versa, they are not dumb. And they will be making fun of you when you eventually leave that place in a huff. Just like those two blue tracksuit wearing weirdos. Because otherwise, you're just going to have a bad time. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the Cream of the Crop music. Search Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright-free music to use for your next stream.